Let's turn in the Word of God to two passages. First of all, Luke 22, the verses 54 to 62, and after that, Acts 2, 1 to 36, about Pentecost, the day of Pentecost itself. So this is uh, in connection with the Apostle Peter and how he denied his Lord at the high priest's house. We begin at verse 54. Having arrested him, Jesus, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house, but Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them, and a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You also are of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then, after about an hour had passed, another confidently confirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. And then we turn to Acts chapter 2. Beginning at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What could this mean? 
Others, mocking, said, they are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, Hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it, for David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to seek corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne, he, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. So far, the word of God. Now the text is verse 14 of that chapter, 2 of Acts. Read that again. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. So that's the text for the sermon. Beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord and boys and girls who belong to the Lord, 
You all know those pictures of the same person put beside each other in advertisements for weight loss or, or for exercise machines or something like that. Here's the before and here's the after. And the big difference between the two, chunky and weak before, slim and healthy and strong after. Well, this morning of Pentecost Sunday, we're going to look at a before and after picture of the Apostle Peter. One picture is presented in Luke 22 on the night when the Lord Jesus was betrayed, arrested, and brought before the high priest. And the other picture is in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost when he stands up before the multitude to speak. And we're going to focus on the differences between those two pictures of the Apostle Peter because those differences show us something of what the Lord's outpouring of the Holy Spirit of Pentecost means also for us today. So I proclaim to you the Holy Spirit displays His work in Peter. Two things in connection with that. First, what the Spirit does. And secondly, how He does that. So first of all, what the Spirit does. First, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, let's pay attention to Peter in Luke 22, which we read together. You see him at the high priest's house in Jerusalem, big palace. He's sitting in a courtyard by a fire with some of the high priest's servants. And those servants had just returned from arresting Jesus. One of them peers at Peter in the light of the fire, points at him and says, this man also was with him. And Peter becomes frightened, frightened there. He's afraid that the servants of the high priest might also arrest him and also put him on trial, do to him what they're going to do to the Lord Jesus. And he's so terrified that they're going to arrest him too that he says in a hoarse voice, woman, I don't know, I don't know this man. And later he denies again that he's one of Jesus' disciples in Luke 22. He denies again and later once more. Three times he denies that he has anything to do with the Lord Jesus. And now look at the picture we get from Acts 2. Here we see Peter about a month and a half later and he stands in front of hundreds of people who have gathered together around that house in Jerusalem where that little congregation of Jesus' followers had been gathered on that Pentecost Sunday. And that crowd of people were all amazed and bewildered at what had happened at that house. They had come from all different countries. They were Jewish, had come all to Jerusalem for the feast. They, had, they wondered at what was happening. The sound of rushing wind tongues of fire resting on each of those followers of Jesus and all of them speaking in different languages recognized by the people who were standing there. Some think something special must have taken place and others figure these men, these disciples must be drunk. They must have drunk too much new wine. 
But in this picture, we see Peter confidently standing up. He, of all the apostles, he stands up and he lifts up his voice so that everyone can hear him. He raised his voice, it said. He raised his voice. Men of Judea and Jerusalem, let this be known to you. Heed my words. And then he boldly, afterwards, he confesses Jesus to be the Christ who has sent the promised spirit to his people, who is behind what they saw and heard there at that house. Two pictures of Peter. Before and after. And a number of striking differences between the two pictures, right? In the first place, Luke 22, we see him afraid, terrified, wishing that those servants of the high priest would stop asking him if he was connected with Jesus, kind of trying to stay as inconspicuous as possible. In Acts 2, we see him stand up and boldly raising his voice in order to be heard by hundreds of people. Big difference, right? This says something to us today, too. You can be like the Luke 22 picture of Peter, afraid for yourself, afraid to speak up that you belong with the Lord, try to remain inconspicuous, maybe at college or at the job so nobody will notice, and ask whether you're also one of the followers of Jesus. So you don't pray at lunch or you pray furtively so nobody notices and you, you laugh when they laugh at the off-color jokes and you discuss the movies and the sports with as much enthusiasm as they do. Maybe even keep the fact that you belong to that, to that conservative church at Mennonite Corners. Keep it as quiet as possible. Kind of hide that you belong to Jesus Christ. And that's that's like that first picture of Peter. Or you can be like the other picture of Peter. You hope that you get the opportunity to speak of the Lord and Savior of your life boldly so that people hear about him and his gospel and what that means for you and for your life and for your future and for their future. They need to hear that too. In the morning before you go to work or university or whatever, you pray that the Lord give you the opportunities and that you will be given the assurance of your own faith and the boldness and the wisdom to confess Him if the opportunities arise in the day. For instance, if they ask, why do you pray at mealtime? Or why do you go to church twice even every Sunday? Why, why those things? Another difference you notice between those two pictures of Peter is that in Luke 22, we see Peter being asked, weren't you with that Jesus too? Aren't you one of his disciples? Don't you belong with them? And Peter couldn't ignore those questions. He can pretend he didn't hear those questions. So how does he respond? He denies knowing the Lord Jesus at all. Three times. 
And now if you look at the picture we have before us in Acts 2, Peter isn't being asked anything. He only hears people talking, speculating about what was happening on that Pentecost morning. Making fun of these men. Some of them were making fun of these men. They're drunk. But he stands up and he confesses Jesus as the one who brought this about. He has poured out what you hear and see. He, the Savior, the Christ. And Peter just has to talk about him. And once again, this says something to us today. Do you act like Peter in the first picture when somebody asks you whether you're one of those who believe in Jesus or in biblical creation or whether you belong to that church over there? Or do you draw back and pretend you didn't hear or kind of mumble a reply? Or maybe even deny that you believe the Bible and follow Jesus according to it? Or do you step up like Peter in that second picture when you hear people even talking about God? Or, or, or talking about church or, or death, the nature of death? You know how you can go, how it can go sometimes, right? People maybe talk about the man upstairs or being good. That being good people is the main thing. Or maybe you hear someone say that they believe in God but they can't stand churches because churches are just basically full of hypocrites. Or they talk about life on earth as having evolved over millions of years. Do you then take the opportunity presented to tactfully, carefully, but freely confess your God, His creation, His salvation, in Christ and his church as best you can. You're not asked to, but you step up for the sake of your Lord and his name. They mean so much to you. And you take the opportunity when it's available to talk about those things. And there's a third difference between those two pictures of Peter in the Bible. In the first, we see Peter denying he has anything to do with Jesus. Why? Because he was so afraid for himself, his own life, his own well-being. He wonders how he can get out of the high priest's courtyard without any harm to himself, without maybe being assaulted, without being mocked, maybe arrested. And so he denies and we know from the Gospel of Mark that Peter even invoked a curse on himself and swore, I don't know this, this man at all. And then you see that other picture of Peter in Acts 2, the after picture. And he stands up in front of all those people there in Jerusalem and he raises his voice so that all can hear. He wants everybody to hear what he has to say. He wants them all to understand and come to faith in Christ and to be saved. Less than two months before, many of those people had cried out to Pilate, crucify him, crucify him. So there, there was the possibility that if he even mentioned Jesus' name, they would want him arrested and punished too. But Peter doesn't worry about that anymore. 
He doesn't worry about himself, how he looks. He doesn't worry about being shamed. He has seen his Lord shamed, but he's not worried about it now. He wants the gospel of Jesus, who died, rose, and ascended, and who now has sent his spirit down to his people. He wants his name to be heard. And he calls the others to come to faith and repentance. Big difference between the before and after pictures, right? But again, let's apply this to ourselves today. Do you stay silent or deny your Lord or his gospel? When someone asks you about it at work or university or over the backyard fence because they're afraid you, what they're going to think of you, you're even ashamed of your Lord who was shamed for you because you worry about your popularity or the possibility of promotion on the job or whether they're going to make fun of you is that your picture or do you desire that they also will come to faith in Jesus sure you want to keep a good relationship with others then but you can't help but let them know they need Jesus Christ too otherwise they will perish forever is that you so two pictures of Jesus of Peter and when we apply those two pictures to today we see two kinds of people the one hand the people kind of ashamed that they believe the Bible and and Jesus try to avoid talking about those things they're worried about themselves but what others might think of them or even do to them. And on the other hand, people who are assured of their faith and who, who hold the name of Jesus high and who take every opportunity that presents itself to confess him before others. You see, that be, that's big difference between those two, right? And now think about it. How did that... How did that change in Peter come about? What happened to cause the second picture of him to be so different from the first? Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, had taken place on that Sunday in Jerusalem. And like all the others in that house, Peter too was filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's what made the big difference. The Lord poured out his Spirit in order to make people like Peter was in Luke 22 into pe people who are similar to Peter in Acts 2. Not all preachers, but confessors. And congregation, he wants to make us more and more like that. People who realize they're called to openly confess their Savior in their words and deeds every day again. And that's why the Holy Spirit was poured out. So that the word can go out also via all of us. Do you see, do you see yourself doing that, brothers and sisters, boys and girls? Don't think, well, I don't have any problem with confessing my God and Savior to others. But remember, Peter thought that too before he denied Jesus. He had told Jesus that same evening before, Lord, 
I'll never deny you. I'm willing to die with you. So, so bold. But he denied his Savior anyway. Some hours later, he fell. And he had to admit, I'm more worried about myself than about the name of my Lord and Savior who gives me life. Let's seek the work of the Spirit who alone can make us strong, assured of our faith, able to confess Jesus before anyone and everyone. Let's pray for the Spirit to fill us more and more like that so that we become more and more open, more and more assured of our faith in ourselves and more and more open and bold about our Savior before others around us, outside the church, as well as in, inside the church. How does the Spirit bring that change about? How did He bring that about? And that's our the second part of the sermon. Let's consider three things in connection with how the Holy Spirit makes Peter and, and others, and also you and I, witnesses after Pentecost, witnesses of the Lord Jesus. First, we note in whom the Spirit does His work at and also after Pentecost. We see in Peter's explanation what was happening in Acts 2 that those people in that house, they were not drunk, but this was what was prophesied by Joel, the prophet Joel in the Old Testament already, that in the last days, and that means the days after Christ's death and resurrection and ascension. In the last days, the Spirit will be poured out on old and young, men and women, so that they boldly confess the mighty works of God in every place, in every language even. So on whom was the Spirit poured out at Pentecost? Not on the scribes and the Pharisees and the leaders of those days there. Not on those who thought they were the first in line who figured that they, God had to accept them because they served God the best of all. Who thought they were better than the rest. Think of the, the Pharisee who talked, who thanked God that he was not like the others, not like that, that tax collector over there. The Spirit was not poured into them, did not fill them. Think also of Peter, who at first was so confident of himself that he told Jesus who would, he would never deny him. How he was humbled later on. You see that the Spirit is only poured into humble followers of Jesus, of Nazareth. So, being filled with the Spirit doesn't go with pride and arrogance, with thinking Why, I'm, that you're better or, or stronger than others, so many others. Conceit being filled with the, and being filled with the Holy Spirit are two opposites. They're like fire and water. They don't go together. It's the humble followers of Jesus of Nazareth who expect 
their life completely in Him, they are filled with the Holy Spirit. And in the second place, how does the Holy Spirit fill those people? What had happened between Luke 22 and Acts 2 to Peter? There was no big gathering with all kinds of music and recalls to revival to get emotions all worked up. No. What happened between Luke 22 and Acts 2 is that the scriptures were opened for those disciples and Peter too. During the time between his resurrection and ascension, for 40 days, the Lord Jesus opened the scriptures for his disciples, for his apostles. And he explained to them what had happened and what was happening and what would happen from the scriptures. Think of the two men on the way to Emmaus. Luke 24, how Jesus opened the scriptures about himself to them. He had appeared to them. He opened the scriptures about himself. And he opened their minds to understand and to rejoice in that. And Luke 24, later on in Luke 24, that same chapter, we're told that he did the same when he suddenly appeared to the eleven on that same Easter Sunday. He appeared to them and to those who were with them on that evening and opened the scriptures, it says, concerning himself, so they understood. Luke 24, verse 45. And you see that in Peter's speech to the people thronged around that house in Jerusalem. How his mind had been opened by the Lord to what the scripture said about him. Peter confidently explains to those people how the Old Testament already prophesied in Joel 2 that the Spirit would be poured out. And he explained how Psalm 116 and Psalm 110 spoke about someone who would be Lord in Christ. Someone who would rise from the dead and who would sit at God's right hand. And as Lord and Christ, he would bring people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his light. And as Christ, he would pour out the Holy Spirit as the people saw and heard that day. This was him who did that. And, and Peter concludes, Acts 2, verse 36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. In other words, the Jesus who they had insisted a short while before had to be crucified, who died on the cross, rose again, is the one who makes sinners into children of God who renews their lives. The Savior who gave himself for sinners renews them and lives and reigns in heaven now. Well, it's by means of that gospel that the Lord opens hearts into which he pours the Holy Spirit it's quite an amazing gospel if you think about it. Christ loved us while we were still sinners. And Peter came to understand that after he had denied Jesus at the fire in the courtyard. And Jesus had turned to look at him. 
And after he had met Jesus again on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and three times Jesus asked, do you love me? And he had confirmed his love for Jesus. When they came to know how Jesus had fulfilled the Old Testament scriptures, Peter and the others were humbled and amazed by what God had accomplished for them in his son, Jesus. And so you see, that's, you see that, that it's minds and hearts that have been opened by the scriptures, humbled and amazed by the scriptures. It's those hearts and minds that the Holy Spirit finds the opening and fills and brings to real gratitude and joyful and also bold confession. And that brings to the third thing the Spirit does as we can see that here. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit filled Jesus and those people in that house so that they, they could not remain silent but spoke about the mighty works of God in all kinds of languages. And we hear Peter who had previously denied his Lord at the fire in that courtyard. We hear him speak passionately to all kinds of people about what his Lord and Savior has done too. You see, as the Apostle Paul says, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 21, God gives his spirit as a guarantee. A guarantee of heavenly blessedness. The spirit is a shot of heavenly bliss for us here so that we can live in the assuredness and blessedness of, that, of our salvation here and now already. Like a handful of ocean water sprinkled over us. And since heaven is joy, the Spirit gives you joy. Joy in God and His salvation and His name and in His honor. And the Spirit brings that assurance and that joy in hearts from heaven. He has to work that in us. And He will. And since heaven is love, the Spirit also brings love into your heart. Love for God and for Jesus and love for one another and love for others. And since heaven is holy, the Spirit brings holiness into your hearts. This is stuff that comes from heaven, brings holiness into your heart. The desire for holiness. Holiness in which you center your life on God. Worshipping and serving Him. He brings you that joy, that love, and that holiness because of Christ. And it comes from heaven via the Spirit. What does it mean to, to be filled with the Holy Spirit then? You can think simply of filling a a container with water, filling it with water. The Lord pours out His Spirit via the Gospel so that love, joy, holiness fill your heart more and more. More and more. First a bit, then half, and then moving towards full. And what happens in the process is that you, that you then want to confess to speak about, to witness about, to sing about your Savior 
and his gospel. What lives in your heart, what's, what's in here, comes out of your mouth, as it were, and out of your hands and feet. And you see, if you hardly ever or never talk about your Savior, who he is and what he means to you and how you love him and want to serve him, that says something about what's in you, in your heart. After Pentecost, you see the Lord fills people, wants to fill them with his spirit through the gospel of his salvation so that they become witnesses in this world. You will be my witnesses, he says, before he ascended into heaven. And notice that he pours his spirit out over his church in Acts. And that shows that the church is where the spirit is being poured out. Also today, the church, via the confession and the preaching of the gospel of Christ in particular, the spirit makes you something like those people in that house at Pentecost. And like Peter, who once was so afraid and ashamed to confess his Lord, but who stood up on that day and confidently and unashamedly made known that this Jesus is Lord and Christ, and you need him. I'm afraid that when we hear this, we all have to admit we're not all as filled to overflowing as we ought to be as people of the New Testament church, are we filled to overflowing? That we let the Spirit pour Himself into us? We're containers with some leaks. We could say, leaky containers. The Spirit is poured out via the gospel on the church, but then we're not completely filled up. We don't often come to witnessing Christ as we could and we should. We often only do that with difficulty, or only if we can't do otherwise. But not as humbled and amazed and astonished by what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us as we ought to be. And too little of the Spirit's heavenly love, joy, and holiness showing through out of our hearts and into our lives. Why is that, brothers and sisters, boys and girls? We need to listen faithfully to the scriptures search them out know the scriptures a lot of people think they know it but they know all about it but do they know the scriptures search them hear them it's a call to know the scriptures but also a call to pray more fervently for the Holy Spirit to fill us through those scriptures. The Lord Jesus explains what prayer is. And then he says, if you pray for the Holy Spirit, he will come, he will fill you. We need to pray for, fervently for the Spirit because our hearts often spring leaks again. <laughs> I felt full yesterday, but today, kind of empty. Pray every day for the Spirit. He's been poured out. Pray that through the Word, He will fill you with heavenly 
joy, love, and holiness. And then you, like Peter and those others on that Sunday in Jerusalem, will want to talk about the Lord Jesus as your Savior because you can't do otherwise and don't want to. Amen.